Welcome to the Success in South Carolina podcast, where we will be hearing the untold stories of success from some of the top achievers in our home state of South Carolina. These neighbors of ours will also share their time-tested personal philosophies and solutions to inspire us, educate us, and help us find peace, joy, and love, along with a purpose, a mission, and a vision for our lives. And I'm your host, Jonathan Peoples. Our guest today lives in Easley, South Carolina with her husband and her four children. She's the founder of Blue Sky Talent Optimization and co-founder of Six South Consulting. She is a highly effective people enthusiast and self-mastery coach, specializing in leadership development, talent optimization, and organizational strategy. Her personal mission is to meet people where they are, offer them love, hope, and guidance to pursue who they are meant to be. I am excited to share her story, her energy, and her wisdom with our listeners today. Welcome to the show, my new friend, Christy Benitez. Hey, Christy. Hi, how are you? Christy, doing great. I appreciate you being on here. Yeah, it's such a joy. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Christy, my first question right out of the gate, how do you maintain such magnetic energy? <laughs> um, well, you know, I approach the world, honestly, with a a sense of being a child. I find fascination in the smallest things. I look at every day as an experience. I try not to be too drudged down by the, just the everyday happenings, try not to be too reactionary um, in life. And I really try to be intentional about finding and seeking out experiences and adventure in every day. And I think if we each did that and took a little time to do that, man, we would, we would be able to experience those childlike moments, you know, just, just wonder, honestly, if we just tapped into our wonder, we could all attack or or bring that energy, you know, to every day. Is that something you feel like you've always had, or you've had to learn how to develop? Honestly, I've had to learn how to develop that a lot of personal growth in my life and a lot of circumstances that caused me to kind of look at things a little bit differently and almost feel like, you know, just, just like anybody has these experiences in their life, there are two paths, right? And you can choose which path you're going to go down or you can choose how you're going to view life. And I feel like I had to develop that and realize through a series of just playing mental games with myself, you know, what it look, what does it look like on a day where I'm looking for or anticipating all the trouble. So I'm, I'm trying to navigate life, right? So I'm trying to navigate life and make sure I foresee any trouble that might come my way. And I'm thinking about it. And what I realized is that that created a lot of unnecessary worry (laughs) and anxiety because I was anticipating problems, right? And so instead Now, what I try to do is I start each day and I literally look at my calendar and say, who do I get to serve today? How do I get to show up? What energy can I interject into this day for other people? And to be honest with you, Jonathan, that's where I draw my energy is getting to serve, getting to pour into other people. That's what brings me fulfillment. And Christy, you spoke about getting hit by challenges and choosing one view or the other, choosing to embrace it or choosing to feel bad about it. You've got, you've had a lot of that throughout your personal life and your career. 
can you let's let's go ahead and share your story with our listeners. Sure, sure. So it's interesting when you um, reached out to me about this uh, podcast, I went back and of course I looked at, I, I stalked your podcast and, <laughs> and looked at your past guests. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I have such a completely different path or story from your previous guests. Like, am I, those limiting beliefs started to creep in? am I like, should I be on a podcast called success and SC? And then I thought, well, Chrissy, this year, you've really worked on redefining success, what that success looks like for you. And so I've experienced lately of what a lot of people um, in the world are experiencing right now. And that's a layoff. So December 5th, I've found out that I was no longer going to have a job after two weeks, grateful for that two week notice, but still a shocker. And so I did a lot of reflection and ultimately I landed on the Viktor Frankl quote where he says the last of human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in the in any given set of circumstances. And so I felt like that even though I knew that I can shape and influence those things that are out of my control, I can't control them. I cannot control anything on the outside of me can't control how other people react, can't control circumstances. But what I can control is my head and my heart, my reaction, my next step. And so I had, I really leaned into that quote. And so I just sat on that for a couple of days and I said, um, okay, so what is my response? (laughs) What is going to be my response to this? And Oftentimes I'm, I'm a, he, I write a lot of things down. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of reading. And so I'll write notes down. So I will oftentimes go back to that journal. Well, over the past in 2022, I was a part of a cohort at an organization in Greenville called Amplos. And they do a program called 10 for 12, where they take 10 people who are looking for personal and professional development, and they take them through a 12 month cohort. And so I pulled out that notebook and I was looking through there and I thought, God, 12 months of learning, surely there's something in here that I can use. And so I was looking through it, you know, we set vision and values and we talked about mindset and I came upon this other quote, so I'm jumping from quote to quote here, but I came upon this quote that really stood out to me and it, to, it it's two part. Number one, your job or your vocation should not be the only place that you use your gifts. And because that is where most people use their gifts, they immediately link their vocation to their value. And so when you pull their vocation away from them, that job away from them, their self-value goes down, right? But honestly, all that's been taken away is the monetization of your gifts. Your gifts are still with you right? You don't have, none of that is taken away from you by any employer. No one owns that, but you. And so I said in that, and I started thinking, okay, what are my gifts? What, what do I do? What do I do? If I am not a director of talent development, if I'm not COO of this company, you know, if I am not a part of a team, what is it that I do? That was a really tough question. So a lot of times, think about this, Jonathan, when you're at a networking event and someone comes up to you and they're like, hey, Jonathan, nice to meet you. What's, it, what's one of the first questions they ask you? 
what do you do? And what do people immediately answer? With their job, with their vocation. Their job, right? right? Yeah. With their vocation, right? So, you know, I'm a podcast host, okay? Or, you know, I'm an electrical engineer or whatever it is. And I thought, well, I don't have that identity anymore. I don't have that. So what is it that I do? What do I bring to the world? What am I contributing? And, you know, this isn't the first time I've had this thought. I think it was Simon Sinek who did a a whole speech on this and, and people answering with their job, their vocation. And it's not, that's not what we do. That's not who we are. Our vocation isn't who we are. So I started thinking, what are my gifts? What do I, what do I do? And it's just, you know, like I told you at the beginning, I love to pour into people. I like to take things that are good and make them great. I like to connect people. If I can connect you to someone who can, you know, further your cause or further your career, I want to do that. I find joy. I have fun. I am ridiculously corny. I have some great mom slash dad jokes. And I just like to show up and serve. And so how, I don't know what title you put around that, but I knew that that's what I, that's what I do. That's what I do. And, you know, in our initial conversation, I told you that throughout my career, I've, I've, I've kind of carved a path throughout my career by staying true to, to one guiding principle. And that is to get where you want to go, make where you are better. And every job that I've ever had, never had to look, I'm 46 years old, never had to look for a job until now. And every job, I've just done a good job, done really well in that position. And someone has offered me another position or noticed that and offered me an opportunity. And that's been such a blessing, you know, throughout my life. And, but then I found myself here. I Mm. don't have a role. I can't make where I am better because where am I? I'm not, I'm, I'm home. I'm in front of a screen. What I have is I have social media, right? I have Instagram. I have Facebook. I have LinkedIn. I have my social networking groups, right? So how can I make those better? So what I did was I got on LinkedIn and I started interacting and I said, okay, how can I maximize? How can I connect? How can I bring joy? How can I find fun? How can I serve in this LinkedIn community? And I just started being really intentional about commenting, celebrating, you know, if people were getting promotions or getting new roles, I went on and I don't know you from Adam, but I'm celebrating you today. I am celebrating your promotion today, just in case nobody else on LinkedIn sees it. I'm telling you, I see you. I'm proud of you. I'm excited for you. And I can't wait to see what you do in this role. And that led to so many connections and just people just following along and commenting. And then I started this feature called We Celebrate Wednesday. And the actual, the actual origin of We Celebrate Wednesday was at my job when I worked at the reserve at Lake Kiwi. We did We Celebrate Wednesday, the last Wednesday of every month to celebrate all the birthdays, anniversaries, uh, work anniversaries, and 
for the employees of the month. So we did that. And I missed that because I enjoyed celebrating those people. You know, we would do handwritten notes every month to those people. And I just really enjoyed that. So I thought, how can I bring this to this community? So I, we did it. I just said, I'm going to start recognizing people every Wednesday, not even going to tell them, just going to tag them, call out. And people started to notice, you know, that I was celebrating people. And, you know, I think that's one of the posts that you saw. And just, I just started pouring in to people on LinkedIn, on Instagram, in my community at my gym. You know, I go to the Junkyard Fitness. I don't know if you've heard of it. They have a couple locations, fantastic place. And has been such, honestly, has been such a sanctuary for me during this time. I'm a very social being. (laughs) And so I have to have that social outlet. And that community has provided that for me. So when it came down to discovering who am I, what do I do, and what am I contributing? What's the energy I'm bringing to this space? So now when people ask me what I do, man, I bring good energy. I find the fun and I connect people to the people who can help them. And I don't know what the title is for that. But that's what I do. <laughs> the, the title is Christy Benitez. That's that's who you are. So I'd love to jump back and talk about the the energy you talked about just there. But let me ask you a question because sure. you mentioned something that I think is very palpable right now, especially with a lot of people going through layoffs and they've tied their self image to their job and they're wondering what can I do or maybe going through the same discovery process of who am I, what am I, what what do I do. And what you said there, going out and serving, going out and adding value to other people, bringing other people up because you're creating, what you're doing is creating this vacuum in the universe or whatever, where you have to get value back, right? If you're creating value, you have to get value back. So I appreciate you sharing that, Christy, because you you mentioned going through some struggles, Mm -hmm. but you, some of these aren't, you, you took risks, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and sometimes you know, risk pay off. Sometimes you get, you, you get, you fall down flat on your face. Yeah. So, you know, when, when I left the reserve at Lake Huey, which was a fantastic job, the membership there and, and the leadership there gave me so many incredible opportunities. And we were able to create a lot of really good things there for the staff, but an opportunity came for me to leave there and become the COO of a company for a New York Times bestselling author and motivational speaker. And, you know, so I did take the risk, left that very comfortable, good job to just say, hey, this opportunity is here. I can try it, may open some doors. It's something that I haven't done, but I feel like I would be really good at. And four and a half months down the road, it's layoff. You know, we can't, we can't afford the salary. This is where we're going in a different direction. And you're kind of like, you know, so it's not always success after success after success. And I've learned from other failures in my life to step back and say, okay, number one, what were the great things that came from this? You know, I, I got to go to Denver, Colorado for the first time and see things that I've never seen before. I got to, you know, travel with one of my best friends who took the leap and took a job with me. I got to meet some incredible 
people, some amazing, you know, CEOs and leaders in giant companies that are connections I would have never gotten to make had I not took this leap. The team that I was able to work with, the friendships that were formed over that five months, unbreakable friendships, still talk on a regular basis. I mean, these women are strong, incredible creative women that I would have never had the opportunity to meet had I not taken that that chance, that leap. Now, did it end up working out? Nope. Huge flop. I And you know what? I actually wouldn't view it as a failure. I would just say it, it just didn't turn out the way that I hoped it would, but I can't, don't want to say that it's a failure because I don't, to be on hundred percent honest, I didn't do anything to contribute to what happened to me. If that makes sense. I did the job that was expected. Unfortunately, the finances just weren't there to support me going on. So I don't, I look at it as a risk that perhaps didn't have any reward, technical reward at the end, but I choose to see all those things that I did gain as reward for that. Our listeners love to hear those uh, peaks and valley stories because some of us are taught that failure is something to avoid and success is something that you chase, but mm-hmm. we're not we're not necessarily taught growing up that failure is actually part of success. It's it's one of the key ingredients. You have to go through that valley to get to the next mountain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited for you. And and one of the things you mentioned there was learning from failures, reflecting back asking what are the great things that happened? So even looking on it, I think that there's a verse in the Bible that says, look on all things with gratitude or give, give thanks for all things. And it's like, well, what about the bad things? Yeah. Well, look at it and figure out what you can give gratitude for, because I don't know if you believe in the law of attraction or magnetism or whatever, Mm -hmm. but if you're looking at it, choosing to look at it again, you said at the very beginning, choosing one of two things, it's our choice. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, there's so many times in, in scripture, you know, that promises are made to us, um, you know, if we follow God and, you know, my life verse is Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good for them that love God and them who are the called according to his purpose. I am solid in the fact that I know I am called by God to be, to be doing what I'm doing, to bring the energy, the connection, the joy that I'm bringing to life. I know that I am called to do that. And in the beginning of that verse, it says all things work together not some things, not a few things, not half the things, all things work together for good. And you can't say that that's your life verse if you only believe part of it, right? So I truly believe that all things work together for good for those who are called in according to his purpose. And that's, I mean, that alone gives me a ton of hope. And I'll tell you something else about hope. There are a lot of people that we, that we've seen being laid off. And my husband signed me up for this Tony Robbins unshakable challenge. Okay. He's like, Hey, you got some time. Take this. It's right up your alley. You love Tony Robbins. And I was like, Oh gosh. And in my mind, I thought, you know, I'm so like, I'm past this. Like I have control of my mind. I understand pattern recognition, like all the things that Tony Robbins talks about but he signed me up for it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And, you know, I was, I got on there yesterday. It was first day of it. It was so exciting, but you know, what really gave me hope is that fact that 1.4 million people 
were on that Zoom yesterday, 1.4 million people. And you know what that tells me? 1.4 million people believe that there's better out there, believe that there is another level of themselves. They believe that there is still good in the world and they are taking the challenge and committing to find it, but also committing to do their part to create it, right? That gives me hope. And that's just the people. And I I was trying to wrap my head around that and talking to my husband. I was like, 1.4 million doesn't seem like a lot in the grand scheme of how many people are in the world. But like, I wouldn't have known about that Zoom had my husband not signed me up for it. This is just a a drop in the bucket of the people who heard about this challenge. How Mm -hmm. many other people would have signed up for a free five-day challenge if they knew it was out there? Because I know a lot of people need this right now. They need Mm -hmm. to see hope. They need to see good. They need to understand that everything, literally as cheesy as it sounds, that you want is on the other side of your choices and your decisions. That's right. And some of the biggest breakthroughs in life, if you look at, I love reading biographies or autobiographies, and it seems like some of the the greatest success stories out there, their biggest breakthrough came right after their biggest failure or their biggest Mm -hmm. challenge. So it's one of those things that if you choose to look at that failure with excitement, like, oh, this must mean I've got a big breakthrough coming right Mm -hmm. right around the corner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's pivot real quick here, Christy, because- I love hearing your story. I'd love to hear, you know, I said, I want to share your energy, your story and your wisdom. Well, let's pivot to your wisdom. You know, you you do a lot of, re- you mentioned you do reading, you do podcasts, you do journaling. I would love to to share with our audience. If you could, if you were giving a TED talk or whatever you want to call it, and you've got to share your keys to success, what are those keys, Christine? You know, I would say number one, you you have to take some time to figure out your personal vision and values. It is really hard to attain a vision. Like it's hard to attain who you want to be if you don't know what that is, right? So understand what your vision is, who you want to be, what you want your life to look like and write it down, like in great detail, write it down and don't let your limiting beliefs limit what you want that to look like, okay? And then the second part of that is your values. If you haven't determined your set of values, then everything around you will shape those for you. Your work will shape those for you, your church, your community, they will shape those for you. But you need to search inside yourself and understand what it is that you value. You know, I had keep this card right here on my desk. This is part of the work we did with Amplos. And it's my values. It's it's to be curious, to find fun, to leave bravely, and to love deeply. And if I'm making a decision, whether it's about a career or a volunteer opportunity, if it doesn't allow me to check all those boxes, okay, if it is not, a, to, to quote uh, Sally from the brim, if it is not a hell yes, it's a hell no. <laughs> So if it does not allow me to check all those boxes, it's not happening. So vision and values, first of all. The second thing is change the way you talk to yourself. No limiting beliefs, no negative self-talk. And my general rule of thumb, and I read this somewhere, it's not my idea, so I can't take credit for it, but I think it's brilliant. If you would not say it to your five-year-old self, then don't say it. So if you would not tell yourself, 
Hey, five-year-old self, you are fat. You're not good Mm. enough. Those people don't like you. You need a nose job, whatever it is. If you wouldn't tell your five-year-old self that, don't don't say it to yourself. Don't say it. Mm. So stop the negative self-talk and the limiting beliefs. The third thing, connect and serve. Connect others and serve others. Those things right there will bring you so much fulfillment. Just by connecting others, that's going to be reciprocated and people are going to connect you. And then same thing with service, like serve for the sheer joy of serving, but knowing that that that's going to come back to you. All of that love and kindness and energy that you're putting out there in the world, it is going to come back to you. Maybe not in tomorrow or or the next day or in the method that you think it's going to, but it will, you will be blessed from that. So I think those would probably be my best. And you know what, I'll add on, I'll add on an asterisk there at the end. Yeah. I, I heard Sarah Blakely speak one time at a leadership conference I was at, and she said something that really resonated with me because again, I'm goofy. I see humor in things that other people don't see humor humor in and often laugh at my own jokes before anybody else does if they do. And she said, you do not have to be serious to be taken seriously. And when she said that, I felt like the whole room went silent and she made eye contact with me, which she didn't because I was way up in the balcony, but this is my experience. (laughs) But I felt like the whole room went silent. She made eye contact with me and she gave me permission Mm. to be myself, Mm. to be goofy and to understand that people will find value in that. And that my imperfection and my silliness will allow people to tap into their own silly side. It will make them more comfortable with their own insecurities if I share what mine are. And so that I, I will asterisk that and don't take yourself too seriously yeah have fun figure out a way to make everything fun just make it fun i mean everybody's a lot more relaxed when it's just for fun right yeah well let's i I, is it okay if we do a deep dive into those because i feel like that those two or three things that you listed there were amazing uh first one figuring out your vision and your values writing them down i think that's one of the most important things is uh, again, there's a quote or a saying that says, write it on tablets, make it plain, where the vision, because most people have this vision in their head. D- dive into that. Like, because do you do it a lot of journaling, Christy? You know, I don't do journaling, but I just, I just take a lot of notes on things that I hear and learn and listen to. And my, the section of your phone that can keep notes. I'm, I'm waiting for the day that it says at capacity, sorry, we can have no more notes Yeah. <laughs> um, because at any time I have an idea and I, that's, that's where it goes. Right. So I don't necessarily journal, but I have, I know, like I have a vivid picture in my head about what I want my life to look like. And actually I do have it written down. That's part of a, a business scenario that I'm going through with one of my business coaches, they do have us write it down. And so I have written it down, but it's so clear in my head and I had to make it that way. And and I'll be honest with you, the the guys at Amplos, Milt Louder, he'll tell you if, 
if it's not clear in your head or if you can't recite it, if you can't recite what your vision of yourself is, then it's it doesn't mean anything to you. Right. So you at the beginning of the show read, you know, my personal mission. And I can tell you my personal mission is to meet people where they are, offer them love, hope and guidance to pursue what they were meant to be. That's a small part of my vision. Hmm. Okay, because that's what I want to do with my life. But we're talking about everything beyond that. Like, where do you want to where do you want to be living? What do you want to be driving? Do you want to still be in your business? Like, do you want to still be working your business or working your career? Are you retired? How old are you? What are you doing on the week? It's like really get into the nitty gritty. And when I do, when we do our coaching sessions over at the, over at the brim, they make you get like very specific, but if you don't take time to do that, you, how do you know where you're heading? Like, how are you intentional about the steps that you're taking every single day. And so when I decided after applying for up teen thousand jobs and getting rejection right. letter after rejection letter, mostly because, you know, I feel like I'm not making it through the algorithms of the, uh, the resume systems that require degrees. Um, Cause I don't, I'm not formally educated past high school. So how I'm not making it through that. And so rejection letter after rejection letter. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to start my own thing. We're just going to start our own business. And, and through that process, we had to go through the same vision and values process, which you should do. And they, it's so just elementary. You cannot get where you want to go if you don't know where that is. And I do find, you know, I asked this question on my, on an Instagram poll a couple of weeks ago. If I ask you to say, where do you want to be in 20 years? Is it easier for you to think about that? Or is it easier for you to think about where do you want to be in one year? Hmm. And for most people, much to my disbelief, (laughs) it was harder for them to think about where they want to be in one year, but you've got to be able to think about that to get to that 20 year. You know, you can say in 20 years, I want to be retired. I want to have all my cars paid for. I want to live in a house and veil and, you know, have no debt and you know, whatever. But you got to know where you're going to be next year or where you want to be next year to start building up, to start building that up. And, and people find that their limiting beliefs get in the way of that. And that's why it's really good to do that with somebody mm. so they can kind of break down those beliefs and say, no, that's, I mean, you're, you're giving me this 20 year vision based on your current circumstances. If you're in your current circumstances in 20 years, man, I feel bad for you. You haven't grown. You haven't moved. Like you're, you're limiting yourself here. Right. I feel like a lot of people underestimate what they can get done in 10 years and overestimate what they can get done in one year sometimes or or six months or whatever. I I love what you talk about vision and values because vision, if I'm, I'm going to, try to paraphrase it and you tell me, help, help correct me. But vision is where are you going? What do you want to be? What, what lifestyle do you want to have? So that's the vision and, and then the who, values, who you are, who do you want to well. be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the values are, what are the things that are going to guide me there? What are the principles that will guide me through that journey? Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's right. And when you're establishing those values, you can't just say things, can't just throw words out there. Like you know, love fun and love and da, 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 da. you have to know what it means, right? Like what it means. And then what does it look like daily? 
Like, how mm. do I apply that to my daily life? So if I say that one of mine is curiosity, I want to look at the world through a lens of curiosity. I truly want to know, like if I pass a stranger and I'm thinking, oh, I wonder, you know what they do. I'm going to go up to him and ask, hey, what do you do? Or if I see a book or a podcast, like constant learning, just being curious about people and things, you have to be able to apply that value to your daily life. You can't mm. just, if, if it's just a word and a lot of companies right. run into this too, right? So you see all these companies who have all these great mission and values on these posters, their employees have no flipping idea what they are or yeah. how it applies to their job. You know, if I right. go and say, Hey, your, your company's value is honesty. How do you apply that to your job every day? Mm. I'm going to get, get these kind of stairs, the deer in headlights. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you also mentioned change the way you talk to yourself. I feel mm. like, again, this is a principle that just isn't talked about enough nowadays is, I don't know if you call it affirmations or, or just self-talk. What, what do you, do you, do you actively do you have like a, a, a set of a set of things you've written out that you read to yourself? Or do you just catch yourself in the moment and say, hey, I shouldn't call myself that. I need to call myself what I want to be. How do yeah, you do so that? I think self-talk is one thing. Affirmations are a tool that you can use to kind of overcome that negative self-talk. But we have what well, I think it's like, I, I'm probably saying this statistic wrong, but like 184,000 thoughts a day. Wrap your head around that for a second. Like, it, it, the great, um, you know, Corey over at Amplos explained it to us this way. He said, when you get up in the morning, you're not consciously thinking I have to go brush my teeth and now I have to get my toothbrush and now I have to put the toothpaste up, but those thoughts are thoughts and they're going through your head subconsciously. But then there's those, those thoughts that you're like, okay, like I'll give you some of my old ones is, oh my gosh, I, I don't, I can't send this, this application in. They're asking for education. I don't have any education beyond high school. They're never going to want to talk to me about this job. Um, it clearly states that they need a degree for this job. And so I just wouldn't submit the application. And so at you, what you have to do is kind of catch that in your head. And a, a lot of times what we do is make things bigger than they are. And that's what I was doing. I was making that a bigger deal than it was. It was a big deal to me, but it really wasn't a big deal to anybody else. So we kind of go through this thing where we make things bigger than they are. And so we have to rein that in a little bit. So when I catch myself wanting to say something negative about myself, I realize that I'm saying it. I try to understand, okay, what triggered that thought? And then replace it with not necessarily a positive thought because going from a negative thought to a positive thought can seem hokey, right? It's saying, it's, it's saying disingenuous, right? Yes. Right. So it's saying, I, I don't know how to hit the ball with a bat. You can't jump to, Hey, I'm, I'm a, I hit home runs every time I get up to bat. No, but you can jump to a neutral thought. It doesn't have to be positive mm -hmm. or negative. It can be neutral thought. So like I'm, I tell myself all the time, I'm terrible at trying to get in my cardio. I don't like it. I will weight train or do hit training all day long, but I do not like cardio. And instead of saying, I do not like it, I'm terrible at it. I'm working on it. So inside my head, I'm working on getting better. 
at my cardio. Is it a positive? Mm -hmm. Nope. Cause I'm not going, man, I'm so good at cardio, you know, trying to talk myself into it. I'm just going from that negative to a neutral thought, which is a lot less harmful. Right. Or even like I'm getting better at it. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm not I'm good at better. it yet. You know? Yeah. I'm getting better every yeah. day. I'm getting better. Cause that's something that's believable. You don't have, it's a lie telling yourself a lie that you don't, cause it's not really the words that matter as much. It's more the belief. If you're saying mm-hmm. words, but your mind doesn't, you then you create this dissonance between your words and your, and your mind. And you feel like you're lying to yourself and it doesn't really match up with your head and your heart. Yeah. Whereas if you, if you take the, take the, which I think the the bad thing is a lie too, but for some reason you've believed it. If you take the, I'm horrible at cardio and say, well, you know what? I'm getting better every day. Then it takes it and puts a new spin on it. Something that you actually can believe. So I love that Christy. I, yeah. And it motivates, I mean, it, it motivates you to say, you know, look, I can be, I'm better today than I was yesterday. And tomorrow I'm going to be better than I was today. And that's right. You know, you just keep that cycle going. Right. And then you said the Principle number three, connecting others, serving others, mm-hmm. adding value. And it comes back to you dive into that a little deeper for us, Christy. Yeah. So, you know, I genuinely get a thrill out of someone coming to me and saying, Hey, I have this idea or whatever. And I listen and I'm like, Hey, that is a great idea. I don't know how to help you, but I know somebody who can help you and just connecting those people. But you know what I will do? I will champion you. I will be your conduit between you and the people who can help you. And I will be your ultimate hype girl. I will cheer you on. I will, you know, when you think that this product or idea sucks now, I'm going to go, nope. And I'm going to come back to you. And I'm going to remind you of this day when you came to me and you were so excited about this product. So I have (laughs) self-coined myself, the ultimate hype girl, because I truly think that sometimes all people need is someone in their corner going, yep, I see you. I hear you. I believe in you. I think that I don't care what anybody else says. Like, this is a great idea. Now, I'm not going to lie to somebody. If it stinks, I'm going to tell them it stinks and let's go back to the drawing board. But if I think it's a great idea and I can connect them to someone who can help them get that product launched or, or help them have that idea come to fruition or can help them in their next career move. I want to do that. You know, I want to be of service to people. And that's truly where I get that fulfillment. And I, and oftentimes the blessing of that comes around when I'm least expecting it. You know, I'll give you an example. I, when I was um, at Bank of America, um, I worked there for a little while. I had a girl on my team and she was really quiet. I was an assistant manager at Bank of America and she was a teller and she was super quiet. And, you know, I just worked with her on um, just coming out of that shell a little bit, giving her a little bit of confidence and the confidence to ask for the next role in the company or, you know, figure out what was important to the management of that branch and raise your hand to help. Liz Wiseman talks about that um, in her book, Impact Players. And so I was training her to be an impact player before I even knew what impact players were. She would raise her hand, get confidence as she grew in that company and that was, gosh, I was with Bank of America from 2003 to 2010. And just last year, so at the beginning of last year, 2022, I still have this text message on my phone. She sent me this long text message 
that just said, you know, I just want to thank you for helping me all those years ago, just come out of my shell, find my confidence. Like I've taken so many of the things that you said to me that you probably don't even remember and have acted on those things and been able to carve a career path for myself that I'm super proud of. Jonathan, I was bawling reading that text message because I never in the moment didn't look at it that way. And to be hundred mm. percent honest with you, that wasn't my mindset back then, but it was just in my nature. And that's why I know I'm put on earth to serve others. It was in my nature back then to do that before I even knew what I was doing. And so it was two things. It was validation for me that, God, like this is truly a gift that I have. And, and I, I was using it before I even knew I had it. And then the second thing was that it validated that that positive energy and that that willingness to serve others and pour into others eventually comes back around to you because truth be told on the day that I received that text message I was having a horrible day at work and that text message came through for me exactly when I needed it to yeah you know there's there's a power in being a cheerleader in fact there's a word that I feel like it's a lot of bad press and I feel like it gets misunderstood. It's the word called submission. And I think it's because people believe, well, to be submission, that means I'm, I'm uh, the underling or the mm -hmm. whatever that, that I'm having to be a yes man to someone else. When really, if you take down the root of submission, it means being a part of someone else's mission. Mm -hmm. So you're playing a part in someone else's mission by being that cheerleader. There is, and of course, again, Bible verses and other sayings that talk about the power of submission. It doesn't mean the power of, well, making yourself less so that someone you can be underneath someone else's foot. That's not what it means. It means the power of cheering them on, being a part. We're meant to live life together, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not meant to be, do life alone. Yeah. Oh, well, nothing great is achieved in isolation. So yes, we right. are supposed to, to, to do it all together, but you know what? Another, I, I know I keep referencing these authors, but I read a lot. So, you know, again, yeah. as Wiseman talks about in her book, Multipliers, that one of the skills of a great leader is that they know when to interject themselves and then when to step back. So when to step in and when to step back. And what I notice is a lot of my accomplishments don't come up when I'm stepping up. I enjoy leading I absolutely enjoy leading and I, you know, gain a lot of energy from that. You know, I'm a, I'm a galvanizer so I can excite people around ideas, but I find so much joy and find that so many of my blessings come when I step back and I shine the light on mm. someone else and, and what they're doing, because I, I love just shining the light on others, just seeing other people succeed, because what that does then is it feeds their inner confidence. There's just something about knowing that someone believes in you that just allows you, gives you permission to pursue things in your life very unapologetically with so much gusto. It's just, it's so good to have somebody in your corner. And, you know, I want to I, I want to be that for people. And the more you pour out and give that to other people, it's not like you go empty. You, you get filled up by doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I silly sayings here, but you can't pour from an empty cup. And so people will often ask, 
how do you keep pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring? I'm like, you don't realize that it's like when I'm pouring and there's like another glass pouring into me at the same time, it's like never ending. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it just doesn't run out. You know, it, right. it just fulfills me. And I, you know, don't get me wrong. I, there are times when I have to like check out and, you know, refuel and, you sure. know, recluse for a day or a half day or something just to like get my mind right. But when you, it's just endless supply of joy and fulfillment when you just put others first. And it blows me away. You mentioned how much books you read mm. that I feel a lot of people overestimate. And not that I have anything wrong with formal education, mm-hmm. high school, college, whatever. But so many people overestimate that and then underestimate that you're currently still educating yourself. You know, you educate yeah. yourself on a daily basis as you mm-hmm. do the reading and the podcast and the journaling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got you've got more education than 99 percent of America. You know that I believe that the statistic was 99 percent of all adults after college will never read one book. Mm. That's sad. <laughs> Isn't it <laughs> after college, they never read a book. Um, now there's a lot of people out there that, or maybe a book that will help them because maybe they read a, a vampire diaries or twilight right. or Harry Potter or something, <laughs> but they don't read any book that actually helps them move forward in life. So, so speaking of, Hey, rapid fire question. What are your favorite books? Oh my gosh. That's a tough one. Um, obviously I love atomic habits. It's a great one. Um, I just wrapped up the, War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, not just for artists, it's for anyone, everyone. The War of Art, not the Art of War. Correct. Okay. I, I, well, my, I gave it to my husband to read now. I would say, God, just depends on the category. Dare to Lead, Brene Brown. I love a lot of um, leadership books. Have you seen her new, have you seen her thing on Netflix? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, my husband and I talk about that story that she um, references where her and her husband are swimming across the lake. Did you? Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> so we all the time we use that. The story that I'm telling myself about this situation, <laughs> we say that all the time. Gosh, there, there's just so many. I, I'm a huge uh, Liz Wiseman fan. So impact players, multipliers, rookie smarts. That one has really guided me through, you know, what if, what if someone approaches me about an opportunity and I don't know anything about the industry, right? So, and like, let me give you a good example. If someone were to come to me right now and say, Hey, Christy, we want you to come and join our company. We're a tech company. I would be like, wah, wah, wah. like, I don't know anything about tech. Like, I don't know coding. I don't know anything. Even if they didn't want me to do that technical job, I would still mm-hmm. be intimidated by the fact it was a tech industry and I've never been in the tech industry. But then I could refer back to what I learned from Rookie Smarts was that sometimes being the rookie at something gives you advantage because you can see some, you can see things differently than the people who have been in it every day. And a mm-hmm. lot of times the greatest ideas come from the people who are coming from the outside going, now, why are you doing it that way? Or mm-hmm. what is happening here? Or wait, did you know that there's a better way to do this? And so I, you know, when I think about, oh gosh, what if somebody, then I'm like, oh, well, then I get a chance to be the rookie. And I had an interesting thought come in my mind <laughs> this week. And this is the way my brain works, but I had an interesting thought come by. And I was sitting here at my desk one day and noticed that our trash can um, was still at the top of the road. And typically the the waste management people are here um, really early in the morning. Well, they weren't, it was like 10 o'clock and the thought popped in my head, you know, it's a trail of thoughts. So I wonder if they're short staffed. 
And then I was like, well, you know, I could just go pick up trash. Like, <laughs> you know, if, if they're short staffed, so how can I help them? If they're right. short staffed and I have time, like, what if I just picked up trash two days a week? And then this little voice <laughs> over here was like, do you really want to be a trash person? And this one was like, oh my gosh, that would be so much fun, but wait till summer because it's going to be a lot better <laughs> doing it in the winter. Like I, this, this is how my mind works. So I thought, I wonder what it would be like. And I just thought, man, that would be such a cool project just to go around and do like different jobs, just to spend yeah. a week being a trash collector or a week being a, a baker or a server or, you know, whatever. I just think that like would micro be with dirty project. jobs or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, but not so dirty, <laughs> except, <laughs> except the trash collecting, even though I, I do love to like get some boots on and go do some manual labor yeah. sometimes. So I think that would be a cool project. I, I, you know, maybe somebody from Netflix will hear this and they'll do a documentary on me doing <laughs> Let's hope Weird so. Let's hope so, week. Christy. Christy, this has been awesome. I, I feel like that we've got so much more we can talk about. Maybe this will be part one of two and we'll have to have you back on later. Perfect. Yeah, uh, But great. Let's, let's go ahead and pivot and wrap up and talk about where can our audience find you? First of all, where can they connect with you? And then what what services, what, you know, you've you've started these couple of businesses. Tell us a little bit about this. Let's promote those. All right. So uh, my business partner, Ashley, and I, we have a couple of things going. Um, she and I together own a company called Six South Consulting. And what we do in Six South Consulting is we help companies marry their brand story and their culture story. And what that does is it ensures that the experience that you're trying to give to your customers starts with your team. And so those two brand and culture stories marrying together, that's what we do there. Okay, so you're marrying the brand. The, in other words, the brand that you're presenting to the general population. Yep, that marrying what you're that to the, your the, company the actual stuff going on inside the company. Yep, that, that's exactly that's what they are. So it's kind of that's holding genius. up a mirror and saying, "Is this really you?" Yeah. We help form systems and processes and help um, leaders foster cultures that are reflective of what they want their company to be known for, and we want to make sure that their employees know them for that as well. Mm, yeah, that's huge. Because when when the employees live by it and know it, then it really gets to the customers. If the employees yeah. don't know it and live by it, you can you can paint it through marketing all you want. But if the employees don't know it and live and breathe that through the culture, then it's not getting out there. Yeah, I'll give you a, a real quick micro example of that. You know, I went to a doctor's office recently and went went in and the front desk receptionist, you know, she was I walked in and she's here and she's like, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I said, I'm just here to check in. And I said, and by the way, the handrail in the elevator is broken. And without even looking at, up at me, she was like, yeah, I'm not surprised. I wanted to not be like, oh God, please don't say that. Like, do you, don't, do you understand? Like the, all that sends to me as the customer is, yeah, we don't care when things are broken here. Like I'm going back to a doctor to be yeah. seen and you're telling me that, you know, things aren't up to par here. Like that doesn't yeah. signal a good thing to me. So, you know, just making sure that if you, if you want your customers to be on board, your employees got to be on board. <laughs> so, so that's this is six, six South consulting. Okay. Six South consulting and where are you on? Uh, do you have a webpage? Yeah, we or have Google not or? kicked off our social media yet. It's, it's okay. there, but we haven't started adding content, but six South consulting is on LinkedIn and um, Instagram. So those will be kicking off soon. And then my personal business is called blue sky 
And the tagline is we are people, people. And you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, so my blue sky, the reason that is, is because I believe that when you when you find joy and fulfillment in your work, you have a lot of blue sky days. And that's what I want to promote is that feeling of when you walk outside on this will give you a little insight into my childlike mind, but when you walk outside and the sun is shining and there's not a cloud in the sky and the sky is blue, you hear the birds and you see the kids going down the street on their bicycle and you hear their little bike bells, like you think, oh my gosh, this is the perfect day. And I Mm. want people to have those blue sky days in their work. And how we do that is we discover what it is about their work or about work, not necessarily their work that brings them joy and fulfillment. So Mm. in blue sky, we work with individuals as well as teams using the working genius method. And we help people discover what their working genius is so that they can navigate into roles and teams can be fostered around the idea of finding joy. Now, what this does, the program, the six working geniuses. Um, it was developed by Pat Lanchoni and his team. But what it does is it looks at workplace production through the lens of joy and fulfillment. So once people find joy and fulfillment in their work, your production's going to go up, your employee engagement is going to go up, your turnover is going to go down, your revenue is going to go up. So your ultimate return on investment when you invest in something like this is who you and your team become at the end of that journey. So Christy, how would one of our listeners identify whether or not they would make a good client for either Blue Sky or for Six South Consulting? What what does a good client look like to you in both those companies? So honestly, just asking, just take a just take a serious look, a an unbiased look at what's going on in your workplace. Are you seeing things like people feeling frustrated or people feeling burned out or overwhelmed or production is slow or you're not getting the the ideas aren't new ideas aren't being generated projects aren't closing out if you are experiencing those type of things you'd definitely be a great candidate but if you don't know if you are then number 1 it doesn't matter to you because if it did you'd be measuring it you know, that's old, old business advice is measure what matters um, from the book, good to great, but measure what matters. And if you're not measuring it and you have no idea if your team is experiencing burnout or if they're feeling frustrated um, Mm -hmm. or if your retention isn't where it needs to be, then that's where you need to start is start measuring those things. You know, and we help that with that as well, with employee surveys to kind of get a little pulse check on your team. That's great. So where could our listeners connect with you personally? What do you prefer? I am on um, LinkedIn, obviously, under Christy Benitez. And then on Instagram, Christy B underscore SC. Um, I do a lot of, I mean, that's where the goofiness comes out. I try to not to do too much goofy on LinkedIn, um, but that's where that's where you'll see the, the goofy side. So if you want to be entertained or, or have a good giggle every now and then, <laughs> go follow that. <laughs> So when you when you mentioned you you are uh, the dad joke or mom joke repository, are these jokes that are that are pre written or are this just in the moment corniness? There, some of them are pre written, um, and then some of them are just off the cuff and 
you know, another thing I do is I often relate songs to my conversation. And so if a lyric comes up in my head, I'm going to say it or a movie line going to say it. But most of the time it's just silliness and just word combination. So like, I love the the show The Office because Mm -hmm. they do all the, you know, I, I don't know. I can't think of one right off the cuff, but yeah, a lot of times it's just, I will find something funny and, and hilarious and make a comment on it. And you don't have a dad joke in the chamber for us then. Oh, my favorite of all time is how do you make a tissue dance? How? <laughs> he put a little boogie in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my kids are going to be mortified that I told them. <laughs> oh, all right. Christy, thank you so much. I love it. And uh, all right, guys, connect with her on uh, LinkedIn and on uh, Instagram, Christy Benitez. Thanks, Christy. All right, listeners, let's get out there and make our world, our country, and our community a better place. When you succeed, we all succeed. And as always, this is a friendly reminder that the left lane is for passing. So speed up or move over. <laughs>